an unsolved mystery, or an outright miracle? Pastor Xavier Reese with this awesome, simple truth. Now, Peter, he just boogied right on in. He saw the linen clothes lying there in verse 6 also, undisturbed as if there was still a body, the conclusion being that no one had stolen the body. No one could leave the wrappings in such a manner. What took place was a miracle, was evidence of the resurrection. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. We've all had experiences in our lives that we don't understand. However, with the passage of time, we can see the good that comes from such an experience. When Jesus was laid in the tomb, the disciples didn't realize what was going on and thought all was lost. But like commentator Paul Harvey liked to say, we now know the rest of the story they were to become the eyewitnesses to the greatest day the world has ever seen, the resurrection of Jesus. Today, Pastor Xavier explores the empty tomb of Jesus. Open your Bible to the book of John chapter 20, beginning with verse 1, and join us as we seek out today's simple truth. I've entitled the message, Jesus Fills Empty Lives. Have you ever misunderstood something, thinking that it was the worst thing that could have happened to you when in fact it became the biggest blessing? What a picture of our scripture here. The greatest day in the history of the world, Jesus has risen and everybody's bummed. The sins of the world have been forgiven, but people are empty. What a picture of your life and mine at times when God is at work to bless us and we are so caught up in the immediate disappointment or the immediate tragedy. And everything is recorded for our learning. What a picture of our life at times when God allows us and wants us to walk in His grace and His blessing and yet we walk in our own misery, in our own weeping, in our own hurt. Such was the case on Easter Sunday. Three days had passed, and for many the hope of all their dreams had been shattered as Jesus had been crucified and buried. Many conversations, much have been going on. One of them is given to us as an example with these two men on the road to Emmaus in Luke 24, 13 through 27. You can read it on your own later on. But it sort of goes like this. They were walking along. Jesus comes alongside and, and asks them what they're talking about. He says, have you not heard? Are you a stranger in Jerusalem? Uh, Jesus, Nazareth, hope to be Messiah, the deliverer of Israel, and they crucified him, and not only that, but it's already the third day. And we thought that he was the one to deliver us. And Jesus was right next to him. Oh, what a picture often as we are saying the same thing, whatever, you fill in the blank. And Jesus says, um, oh, foolish ones and slow of heart. And he begins to deal with our heart, and we come to hope 
and come to hopefully the explanation and the expression as they did not our heart burn within us as he opened the scriptures to us? When we take the time to go to the Lord in whatever disappointment, hurt, whatever it is, it is he who makes those scriptures alive and rather than being empty, we become filled. But see, like the leper said, Lord, I know you're able if you're willing. You see, God is able. The question is, am I willing? That's the bottom line. Despite disappointment, out of love and respect, some come to the tomb to anoint the body. Let me read the passage, and I'll give you your points. Chapter 20, verse 1 through 23. It's lengthy, so be patient. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, whom Jesus loved, that's John, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he stooped down and looked in, saw the linen clothes lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter said, or came, following him, and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen clothes laying there, and the handkerchief that had been around the head, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scriptures that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus laid or had laid. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now, when she has said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, Tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabbioni, which is to say, teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fearing the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. Now when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Then Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, 
He breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Ghost. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Easter Sunday was characterized by three things. First, the empty tomb, verse 1 through 10. Secondly, the empty woman, verse 11 through 18. Thirdly, the empty disciples, verses 19 through 23. Let's look at the empty tomb, verse 1 through 10. Notice first in verse 1 and 2, Mary Magdalene misunderstood the empty tomb. Mary was the first to the tomb. She came on the first day, which is Sunday throughout the scriptures. The Synoptic Gospels each describe this morning a bit different, and many attempt to say that there are contradictions, but if you look at the whole of Scripture, compare them, you find out that they supplement more information so we get a full picture of all that went on, and they are not contradictions. Sometimes one focuses on one angel, another time another one focuses and says there's two angels. There's no contradiction. There are different positions, different places. They say different things. You have to put it all together. You find that in Matthew 28, Mark 16, and Luke 24, the other uh, cross-references. Now, notice she came early in the morning while it was still dark. And again, the Gospels all agree in this, all four. She saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. This conversation was an important one. She says, we, as we're going to see later on in verse 2. See, other women came with Mary. The other Gospels tell us that. And they were discussing, who's going to move the stone from us? Who's going to roll it away? <laughs> This was their concern, their conversation. To their amazement, they did not know it, but an earthquake happened and an angel came down and rolled it away. Not to let Jesus out, but to let them in. That's important. She saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. And I would imagine a bit amazed. But when she came to the tomb, she misunderstood the tomb. How often we misunderstand what God is doing in our life, what he allows, what takes place, and yet God is at work. Now, I do not know how it is that God can work evil for good without violating his holiness. But I'm glad he can do it. I don't know how it is that at times God can allow a tragic decision by a young person or a person in their life and, and still turn it around for good, and then at other times he does not. I know one thing that's important is that people have a free will and how that works out in God's overall control and plan, I do not always understand but I'm supposed to trust God for it and make sure that I am in the place that I am to be in obedience and submission, committing my life to him as a faithful creator in my sufferings. Notice Mary ran to tell the two disciples in verse 2. She came to Peter first. Remember, he had denied the Lord three times. 
He had last seen Jesus in the courtyard where he denied him for the third time. And as he looked, the eyes of Jesus met his. I believe the look of Jesus towards Peter when he denied him the third time was so loving, so compassionate, that Peter ran to that tomb in hopes to find him. You and I are moved by our anger, by our self-love, by our overestimation of our own person. And we would have looked at Peter and looked at him after this manner. When he looked, we would have gone, disappointment. Or we would have just looked down and just walked away. Peter wouldn't have gone and looked for us at the tomb. <laughs> I fall so short of my Lord when I respond and act in my own flesh and not like him. She came to John also, the one whom the Lord loved, the unique term for him, the one who had seen him hanging on the cross, had been at the cross, and had heard the words of Jesus and says, you take her, she's your mother now, and committed his mom to him, to his care. The one who saw Jesus die from afar off. These were the only two disciples that followed him all the way to the courtyard, by the way. Notice she came and told them both that someone had stolen the Lord's body. This was her understanding. She was wrong. She says, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb. We do not know where they have taken him. We, there's no contradiction. We means other women too. Goes along with the other synoptics. Now notice secondly in verse 3 through 8 that Peter and John inspected the empty tomb. The two disciples went out to the tomb, verse 3 and 4. And in verse 3, they both left at the same time. But in verse 4, John outran Peter to the tomb. Now, some believe because he was younger. I don't think it makes much difference, three or four years. I think that, you know, one of them was just faster than the other. You know what I mean? That's about it. The two men inspected the tomb. Notice in verse 5, John stooped to look in, and he saw the linen clothes lying there. The word stoop means to bend forward to get a better view, and is the very picturesque description of the angels who desire to look into the things of the church in 1 Peter 1.12. Do you know that you know more about the church than the angels do? And that the angels in 1 Peter 1.12 says that they stoop down every day just to see what the next thing is, and they're just, wow, look at this, and you and I know more about it than they do? Read that text. It's an interesting one. Now, the word that is used for looking in to see and what he saw is the word blepo, which means to see at a glance, a single look. So he stooped, single look, a general look. The disciple John did not go in. He's a little more cautious and he's more conservative, perhaps maybe because of ceremonial defilement or something, but he stopped and looked. Now, Peter, verse 6 and 7, <laughs> Good old Peter. He just boogied right on in. He just ran in there. He saw the linen clothes lying there in verse 6 also. And then Peter, as his custom is, he's impulsive. He just barrels in. Now, the word for saw for Peter means to look closely, critically, in order to inspect. John is sightseeing. 
Peter's a scientist, critical. Peter was not hesitant because he did not forget the last look on Jesus' face of compassion and love. Now he saw the face cloth that had been around the head of Jesus separated from the linen cloth by itself. This, this was unusual. Now the phrase there, folded together, means undisturbed as if there was still a body. So here you have the wrappings as if there's a body and the napkins off someplace else, folded neatly. The conclusion being that no one had stolen the body of Jesus, for no one could nor would they leave the wrappings in such a manner. What took place was a miracle, was evidence of the resurrection. But remember, these disciples are dull of hearing and of sight still. At this point, in verse 8, John also enters the tomb. Now, it's good to have people like Peter around. You know why? Because they stretch people like John. <laughs> That's why it's good for you to fellowship with Christians of different age, different maturity. And some of you young uh, people, young couples, singles. Singles, if you only hang out with singles, shame on you. Young married, I hope you don't just hang out with young married couples. And some of us old fogies, I hope we're not always with old people. I hope you mingle with different levels. You know why? Because we stretch one another. We, we press one another. We encourage one another. We teach one another, okay? It's important. That's why a home is so important when you have children, teens, mom, dad, uncles, aunts, Grandparents, great-grandparents, all that balance is needful because they are all input. They all learn. They all teach. They all stretch. They all can reach something. See? It's important. That's one of the problems with the family today. That structure's been lost. And so John moves right in. This time John saw, it says, and he believed. The word for saw is different from the one in verse 5 and in verse 6. It means to know, to be aware, to be sure. Of what? That Jesus had risen. You see, the result was that he believed. And the tenses in the eras tense indicating a decisive act, not a process. It's a decisive act. Like when you were born again, you made a decision. Like when you said to that man, that woman, I do, and you did, and you are, and that's it. Once and for all. Notice thirdly in verses 9 through 11 that John comments on the empty tomb. The two disciples did not know the scriptures that Jesus must rise again from the dead. Remember, John is writing about 90 or 90 some AD. So it's long afterwards. And he gives us many commentaries through his gospel. Now, the understanding of spiritual truth is not a matter of intellectual capacity, but a matter of revelation and faith. You understand that? It's not how smart we are. There's a lot of well, smart people in this world. 
And, and, and they are just lost and blind. I am always amazed of the stupid things wise people say and do. Lawyers, scientists, these incredible IQs, and they're seeking clairvoyance. They run their life by the horoscope. Incredible. Revelation and faith. If I don't have faith, that revelation remains dark. Both did not perceive nor understand at this point the full meaning of the scriptures. And the context refers to what? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. They didn't understand scriptures like Psalm 16, verse 9 through 10, Isaiah 26, 19, Isaiah 53, 10 through 12, and many, many others. They still did not understand it completely. Now, you may say, well, there's a contradiction here. Because um, at the end of verse 8, it says he saw and believed. And then he gives us a commentary of his own words that uh, they did not yet know the scriptures, that he must rise again from the dead. Now, one can believe God's word without understanding what God promises or declares. That's faith. Now, there are many things that God allows us to understand. But there are many more things that I do not understand, and I yet believe them. I do not understand how it is that God, who is holy beyond anything we can imagine and cannot tolerate sin, who has always been, can allow a son to take my place, pay the price for my sin, and not violate his holiness and see me in the position of a son. But I believe it. I understand certain things, but some of them I don't understand. But I believe them. I do not understand how predestination and free will work out. I believe they're both doctrines that cannot be separated. But I believe there are two doctrines that are irreconcilable. And we can see them only so far, and after that they blur in the distance. And we do not see how they come together. But I believe them. I do not understand how it is possible that I will never have to give an account for not one of my sins. But I believe it. <laughs> and yet in God's mercy, he allows me to understand many things. But it's just grace and mercy and the work of the Spirit, not my intellect. For Paul says to the Corinthians, if the world by wisdom could know God, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They would have said, oh, yeah, that's Jesus. Don't, don't, he's God. Don't, hey, don't touch him, man. They didn't come to that conclusion. They crucified him. Now the outcome was that the two disciples went home in verse 10. <laughs> the word home is in the plural. Homes. Each had their home. They're in Jerusalem. The disciple John would have been going home to where Mary, the mother of Jesus, was. I wonder if he told her. I wonder the conversation they had on the way. Have you ever experienced something traumatic with somebody? And then you have to drive home and you're both just quiet? Sometimes out of shock, sometimes out of 
shame, embarrassment, whatever it is, but there's not much to say. And yet God was at work, but they were unaware. Easter Sunday was characterized by an empty tomb. Pastor Xavier Reese, summing up the miracle of the empty tomb, the first of three points characterizing Easter Sunday. Pastor Xavier will bring us the other two when we pick up his study, Jesus Fills Empty Lives, on our next broadcast. Now, you may be interested to know that today's presentation can be heard again anytime by way of the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. But if you prefer your own personal copy on CD, we can make one available for only $4 upon request. The title to ask for is Jesus Fills Empty Lives, and we'll get that right out to you. You can address your request to Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Again, that's Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please, let us know the call letters of the station you hear us on. Tracking that information lets us know how to be most effective with our radio ministry. It wasn't until the risen Lord left a useless, empty tomb that the Savior was able to fill us so that we could be used for His service. That's next time on Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com